invite you to take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to two passages of Scripture. Uh, So you're going to have to get your bulletin in one and your finger in the other or bookmarks, whatever you have there with you. But uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 will be the first one and then 1 John chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and 1 John chapter 4 is where I would like you to be. I wanted to mention that um, Kylie Wagoner, um, who is pregnant and due this week, uh, had false labor and had to go into the um, hospital. And, of course, they tested her, and she has COVID. And um, so she didn't have the baby. It was false labor, but the baby's due here, they're hoping, uh, this week. But uh, that's why you don't see any of the Wagners here this morning. They've all had contact with Kylie. That's David's wife. And um, so they feel it's the best part of wisdom to just kind of lay low for a while. And I appreciate that, Steve. I saw Steve yesterday, and, and um, I think that that's, that's a good thing. Um, so um, we would all do the same, wouldn't we, if we didn't feel good or or had something wrong with us we'd just stay home and and in consideration of others trouble with this COVID thing is that all too often you might have have uh, COVID and not know it and and in the early stages maybe expose somebody so we need to just continue to be careful and and do our part in in uh, helping to stop the spread it's good we can get together and, and have our services, and we've been able to do that since last Sunday in April. And, um, and yet, we've, to one degree or another, we have these restrictions that we need to observe, just out of courtesy for one another, and um, so that the Lord would uh, protect us and we wouldn't do anything we shouldn't. Um, in these times of, of uncertainty that we live in, um, the Lord says for us to fear not. Um, he told his people that throughout the history of man. And he would say the same to us today. Um, he would tell us that we shouldn't be afraid. And, of course, my topic here for this would be the fourth in a series of messages now has been uh, dealing with this very topic of fear. Uh, in these uncertain times, we don't have to fear. We don't have to be afraid. Uh, we were looking at the crux of fear, if you remember, the, the uh, motivating fear, the fear of the Lord. That's a good thing, and it's an emotion that God has given us, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that emotion of fear. It kind of uh, perks us up and, and uh, pumps the adrenaline and gets us ready to deal with danger. But there is also a manipulating fear, and that's the one that would cause us to freeze in our tracks and not do what we should do and to take a course of action that we know clearly is wrong. Uh, The course of fear, uh, it starts very simply in the mind. It has to do with with the thought life that we have and our emotions uh, then follow next and then actions. And, of course, we were pointing out how that, uh, you know, this is a control center, what we think, what we're going to desire in our heart, what we desire in our hearts, what we're going to do. And fear starts in the mind. And as I have mentioned, uh, all too often we lose the battle 
uh, right there in our mind. Um, there is, uh, all too often we have thoughts that are distorted, that are not true, that are not based on reality, at least the reality that, that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. All too often we might have a preoccupation with the past. There's things we just can't get over in the past. Well, if you know Christ is your Savior, put him under the blood and, and accept the forgiveness that the Lord has given us. There's also perversions of the present. Um, that, you know, the what if as we face the challenges and the things that go on in life. And, of course, it's not just 2020. that We have trials and issues and things that we face. But we have perverted thoughts with regards to it. Uh, thoughts that are not accurate for us as God's people anyway. And then also, too often we have, with these distortions, we have a paranoia of the future. And we talked about those distorted thoughts. We talked about these things and how we need to meet them with, with uh, thought distinctions. In other words, we need to meet them with uh, thoughts that are uh, brought into line with Christ. And of course, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Uh, you know, we're in a battle. It's not a physical battle, but we are well equipped for this battle against spiritual wickednesses in high places. Uh, we are uh, mighty. Our weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And then it goes on to say, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And my friends, this is what I'm saying here. The mind is the control center. What we think is what we're going to have in our heart. What we have in our hearts is what we're going to do. And sometimes we lose a battle, and we haven't done a thing. It's in our thought life. And that's where fear starts. That's what we've been kind of focusing upon here is fear. And last time I, I put a lot of things down that we've been discussing in the two messages before it in focus. Uh, we need to focus these thought distinctions. We need to focus on God's provision of the past rather than having uh, these uh, wrong, distorted views of the past. Don't let the past haunt you. Uh, think of the blessings of the Lord in the past. Of course, you could go right back to the beginning to those blessings, and that's the salvation that we have in Christ. And then his provision along the way, the promises that he's kept for us and how he's taken care of us. That's, a, that's bringing a, our thought life of the past, not distorted, but distinct, uh, thinking of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we need, to, we need to remember God's provision for the present, his promises. Um, it doesn't matter what you're going through, 2020, whatever it hurdles at us, uh, we know good and well uh, at, at the election, uh, it's going to be, uh, it, we don't know what it's going to be. But uh, God gives us promises right now, presently, that will meet any challenge that we might be going through. It might not have anything to do with COVID or anything to do with uh, what's going on in 2020 and what's kind of seems to be spiraling out of control. But that's bringing your thought life of the present into subjection, into obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then with regards to the future, think of God's presence for the future. Christ has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
He's going to be with me tomorrow. He'll be with you tomorrow. And my friends, he'll be with us throughout all eternity, no matter what comes. He'll be with us on November 3rd and November 4th and the rest of this year, 2020. And uh, so think of those promises and, and have these thought distinctions rather than these thought distortions. And then, of course, we were talking about how uh, to the second word to, with regards to the emotions, uh, the fear. And we're talking motivating fear. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord that will conquer family fear and financial fear and future fear and, and fear of those things that we have no control over. Motivating fear, not manipulating fear. Uh, there are two types there. And the manipulating fear is what the Lord says, uh, you trust me, have no fear. I will be with you. I will strengthen you. And then, of course, we uh, talked about the faith in the area of our life. Uh, we have uh, a faith, and all too often, it's kind of like James says, we need to have a, a faith which works, a faith which has changed our life. You know, Bruce mentioned in the Sunday school hour, those who say they're Christians and they, there's no change of life. My friends, the proof of the pudding is in the living, I guess you could say, not the tasting. Uh, if you know Christ as your Savior, uh, old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. You are a new creature in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's easy to say, oh, I know Christ. But, but James puts it right down where the rubber meets the road. He says, you believe? Well, the devils believe, and they tremble. You say you have faith? You don't have any works? I'll show you. I don't need to tell you I have faith. I'll show you my faith by my works. And, of course, I realize that works do not produce salvation, but salvation, genuine salvation, produces a life, produces works, which God before ordained that we should walk in them according to Ephesians chapter uh, 2 and verse 10. Before this world ever began, he had something for me to do, something for you to do. And my friends, we're talking about a faith which works. Now, I told you last week that I was going to deal with a couple of other verses. Uh, let me just uh, finish out this outline. Focus has to do with the head. Uh, fear has to do with the heart. And faith has to do with a habit. Oh, that we might have a habit of pleasing the Lord, of being obedient to the Lord. However, I told you that I was going to deal with a verse. Turn with me. You are there, hopefully. I'm not. Uh, in uh, 1 John chapter 4, I could not leave this subject to fear without dealing with what we see in verse uh, 18. 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. How could I deal with the topic of fear and leave that verse out? I told you I was going to do that. But I also, in preparation here this week, uh, have another verse that I would like to uh, park on a little bit or go back and forth between, and that is found in, in first, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. If you have that place too, notice with me it says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Father, we thank you so much for that which you have given us 
Thank you for eternal life, the forgiveness of sins through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for equipping us to all things, to life and godliness that are ours in that saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, Father, one of them is this uh, idea of having a motivating fear, not a manipulating fear. And so I pray as we continue on this topic, Father, that you would help us to to be able to uh, overcome those fears that we might have. Uh, Thank you for each one here today. Thank you for your presence with us today. Uh, We ask that you would continue to protect us from COVID, and uh, we pray for uh, Kylie Wagner that you would uh, help her to recover from it and to be able to have this uh, safe labor and delivery of her little child and We commit her, and we have so many others. Father, we thank of Joyce and Terry over at the vet's home with COVID going there a little bit. Uh, We just pray that you would watch over us all. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for this time to, to get into your word here today, and we just commit ourselves to you as we do this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The title that I have for the message today is taken out of 2 Timothy 1. Seven, rather than over in First uh, John chapter four, and that is the spirit of power and of love is what I would do with an emphasis on love today, because that's what it says over there in chapter four of First John, verse eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Uh, so, an emphasis here on love and how this. Uh, If we incorporate love into our life and and have the love that we see here in scriptures, that uh, that we'll be able to conquer this as well. Uh, First of all, let's consider the source of love. Back over into um, 1 John chapter 4, if you would notice with me, Uh, starting in verse 11, where it says, Beloved, if God so love us... We ought also to love one another. There's an a argument to give forth to us. If God so loved us, uh, we ought to love one another. Verse 12, no man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Uh, that's kind of an unusual statement. If we love one another, God's love dwells in us. And is perfected in us. Verse 13. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us. Because he hath given us of his spirit. And of course that's uh, the truth of the indwelling Holy Spirit. You trusted Christ as Savior. He gave you the Holy Spirit to indwell you. At that moment. You don't have to ask the Lord to give you more of the Holy Spirit. You got all the Holy Spirit you're going to get. What we need to do is. Is. Uh yield ourselves so that the Holy Spirit can get more of us rather than us get more of the Holy Spirit. Uh, And we have seen, verse 14, and do testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. Now, there's a lot of people that uh, don't confess that Jesus is the Son of God. Oh, they'll say he is a Son of God. They'll say he was a good man. And uh, that's the defining mark between a cult and Christianity. Uh, If Jesus is anything less than God, then you've got a cult on your hands. 
uh, because the God of the Bible, uh, Jesus, is the second person of a triune Godhead. Um, Verse 16, and we know and believe the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Now, this kind of just goes hand in hand. God is love. So many today want to just take that and, and uh, leave out the other attributes of God. God is love. Oh, we just love one another. Uh, can't we just get along together? Well, you know, God is love, but he's holy. He's righteous. Um, and there's many of the attributes of God, and, and none of his attributes conflict with the other. God in his love, as it says there, he has so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. That's some high love. That's agape love. And that's the kind of love we ought to have. And if we love one another, we're abiding with the Lord is what he's saying here. And uh, verse 17, here is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Uh, So he's talking about uh, the love that God expressed to us then through his indwelling Holy Spirit and abiding in him and uh, following what he'd have this love can flow out, his love can flow out through us as we abide in him. And if we do that, our love is perfected. Now, of course, you realize that um, none of us have perfect love this side of eternity. But my friends, when we fall short of it, we need to quickly uh, allow the Holy Spirit to do his work to convict us of it and to to confess it for the sin that it is. Uh, But we strive for this perfect love. Uh, Our love will be made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. And certainly we do have boldness in the day of judgment. You know Christ is your Savior. You'll stand at the judgment seat of Christ to give an answer for that which we've done in this life, whether good or bad. But, But it's not to determine our eternal destiny. It's to determine rewards. We have no fear of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Then verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And then kind of in keeping with uh, the source of this love, we love him because he first loved us. And I think that it's pretty easy to see out of this passage that uh, the source of this love is God. Outside of the Lord, um, it's nigh on impossible to love in the way that we should. Um, Indeed, there are good people and there are good marriages short of knowing Christ as Savior. But I tell you what, it's, it's, it's a pretty rough road to go without the Lord and to maintain uh, love and, and have the kind of relationship with others that we are supposed to have. Um, So salvation uh, certainly ought to secure this for us, that we would be perfected in God's love. So there we see the source of love. Um, Let me talk for a moment about the strength of love. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. As we think of the strength of this that we're talking about here, God's love that he expressed to us and, and then the love that Uh, is available to us to express to others. It says in Romans chapter 5, 
Starting in verse 1, we therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know Christ as Savior, you have peace with God, and you know beyond that you can have the peace of God. If you turn your things over to him, those things that you might fret and stew about, but uh, rather pray about them. Um, Verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. If you glory in tribulation, um, you know, that's a challenge, isn't it? To glory in tribulation. It's kind of like James says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and tribulations. Uh, it's a mindset. It's the way we view those things. It's, it starts up here in the, in the mind. And, of course, that's what we're talking about. That's a control center. If we view the trials that come into our life uh, negatively and think, oh, why? Oh, me. Why me? How could this be? If we view them that way, then I, we've already lost the battle up here. He says uh, that we need to uh, glory in tribulations. And, of course, it goes on to tell us why. That tribulation worketh patience. And that's just exactly what James says. Count it all joy. For the trial of your faith worketh patience. Um, tribulation worketh patience. Verse 4. And patience experience. The experiences that we have. That are based upon the truths of God's word. Whereby his, his uh, promises undergird us like a concrete slab. No matter what. Not the shifting sands. Worketh experience and experience hope. Hope is that earnest expectation that is based upon the the faithfulness of God. Our hope is not just us. A hope so kind of a hope like the world has. Well, we hope we get through 2020. No, we're going to. We might not make it here on this earth. There might be a trumpet blow before then and we'd be snatched out of here. Don't know. But hope, based upon the faithfulness of God. In other words, God makes a promise. You can count on him to keep it. All you got to do is claim it. All you got to do is think about it and then apply it into your life, into your heart, and and let it work out in your life in the uh, things that God has for us. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God, now that's where I was headed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. My friends, the love of God is shed abroad in our lives. By whom? The Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. And, of course, uh, that's how it is that we can uh, accomplish the things that God has told us in in Philippians 4.13, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. We can't do it ourselves, but we can do it through Christ. In Colossians chapter 1, turn there with me. Um, and notice what it says in verse 10 and 11 in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1.10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing and being fruitful in every good work and increasing in knowledge, the knowledge of God. 
That's some pretty tall orders, isn't it? Um, but notice how it works. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father. And of course, a, a, a heart of gratitude is so important in, in a healthy uh, life that we live here for the Lord Jesus Christ. But we can walk worthy. We can be fruitful in every good work. We can increase in the knowledge of God because of the indwelling Holy Spirit, not according to our strength, but strengthened with his might, uh, according to that power that he has given unto us. Turn back with me to uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. Um, I often have to go to 2 Peter chapter 1, and, and notice what we, we see there in verse uh, 13. 2 Peter 1, 13, it says, I'm about there, verse 3, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, that little three-letter word all ought to be noted, not just when things are going smooth, no, he has given us all things through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. And, of course, that means if you know Christ as your Savior, you would fit the description here. And if you have received Christ as your Savior, you can know that he has given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. And we're not talking about just in, the, in eternity. We're talking about right here where the rubber meets the road in this life. All things. And it's not by our strength, according as his divine power. And, of course, that happens uh, through what we just looked at in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And, of course, uh, we got to take control up here. You let your... Thoughts spiral out of control, and it's not a sound mind anymore. Um, we see people losing their minds in this day that we live. May God help us to not do the same. We have the spirit of power. So the strength of love, my friends, it's the Lord's strength. It's the indwelling Holy Spirit's strength. It comes from God, and he'll give us the strength we need to do it. Let me go on to the significance of love, its importance to us. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, where we see the importance of, of love as the Pharisees and Sadducees uh, continued to try to trick him up. And it says there was a Pharisee lawyer that asked him a question in Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 and 35, and in verse 36, Master, this is the question, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And, of course, that just uh, goes back to the Old Testament law. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5 says that. Uh, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. And he says, the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's in the book of Leviticus. 
but it's carried out here. And my friends, it's the heart of God. The significance of love. He says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. There's nothing greater. Nothing greater for us to accomplish in this life than to express this love. It's first to God. Secondly, it's to our neighbor. Who's that? Well, it's whoever's sitting beside you. God gives us uh, commands in any relationship. To him first, to love him. Husbands loving their wife and and vice versa in, in the family. Loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. Loving our, our neighbor. Even loving our enemy. And of course, it says that, uh, you know, there's parameters for each of these types of love that are drawn in Scripture. And, and there's different ways that we express that love. <coughs> Excuse me. In each situation. With our enemy. We're not their buddies. But we don't condemn them. We, we endure, endeavor to reach them. We pray for them. Sometimes we have to stay away from them. We, we might have an enemy, someone who makes it their life ambition to make us miserable. Well, that's probably a, a, a person we ought to stay away from. Give them the gospel when we can. All oh, the significance of love, my friends, there's nothing greater. But let me move on here for the sake of time. The specifics of love. Uh, turn with me, first of all. We're in the gospels. Turn to the gospel of John now, chapter 14. John chapter 14. You know the verse. Maybe you don't know it by reference. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's how we express our love to God. We'll want to please him. His commandments are not grievous. He has our best in mind. If we trust him and and obey him and and follow the pathway that he set for us, my friends, that'll give us the best that this life has to offer. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's how it is expressed to God. As it is expressed on the, the horizontal plane, that's the upward plane, the vertical plane on the horizontal plane. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where we see some specifics of love, that great love chapter, and yet it is the heart of a discussion on gifts and the use of gifts. And, of course, that's why he starts out in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 13, Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. You see, they got tripped up on speaking in tongues. And there's a lot of people that get tripped up on that today, speaking in tongues. Um, You know, God has given us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. You walk into a a place where they're speaking in tongues, and I'll tell you what, it's it's like they've lost their minds. Um, That's not of the Lord. Verse 2, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have not, and though I have all faith 
so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. In other words, my friends, you could be as talented as, as you could find in this world, and yet if you don't have love, you're nothing. And then he goes on in verses 4, 5, 6, and 7, these next four verses, and gives 15 properties of love. That which love does and that which love does not do. And every one of them is a verb. You know, when you say, well, uh, we're talking about this most positive attribute of God, even in the positive definition of this as the rubber meets the road in our life, as love goes out, there are certain things that love does not do. And it spells it out plainly. Verse 3 or 4, charity suffereth long. It is kind. It envieth not, it vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, it does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Now there it touches on our thought life. You know, we all, all too often have these, these perverted thoughts, perversions of how we look at things, and we're not looking at it through the grid of, of the truths of God's word. We think no evil. Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Bear all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. And those 17 or 15 properties of love, it's a study in and of itself in which I can't get into this morning. Uh, maybe we will, I don't know. But I think you get the, the drift here. With regards to God, we love the Lord. We keep his commandments if we love him. That's how it'll be shown in our life. With regards to others, just do a little checklist here. Do a little gut check here. Uh, where, where do I fail in this list of 15 things of that which I do and that which I don't do? That's how it boils down as we go about in our life toward others. Uh, so that's the specifics. Some uh, Specifics has to do with just biblical action. Now let's go back or as we finish, consider the success of love. Uh, let's go back to our text of, of John, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. As we consider that which love will give us. And of course, that's just what we've been dealing with here of late. It says, there is no fear in love. If your love is proper with the Lord and your love is proper out this way, there's not going to be any fear. Perfect love casteth out fear, even our imperfect love, as we endeavor to do what the Lord would have us to do, cast out love. And where we fail, you confess a sin. Praise God for 1 John 1, 9, huh? That he is faithful. You know, some of his promises are qualified with that. Of course, all of his promises, uh, God is faithful. But some of them, he stresses the fact uh, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just. It stresses that faithfulness. It puts it out there before us to forgive us and to cleanse us from all sin. We can depend upon God to do what he has said he will do. And that is the case with any of his promises, not just the promise to forgive us where we fail. There's no fear. Over in chapter 5, as we go on down further, uh, in this text, 
We love him, verse 19, because he first loved us. If any man say, I love God, verse 20, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Kind of puts it down here to uh, our life. Uh, you say you love God, and yet you are holding a grudge or... or um, you really can't stand a certain person, then, my friends, you don't love God. You're not living according to the way he would want you to live. This is his commandment we have from him, verse 21, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. If you don't, then confess it as a sin that it is and, and get in fellowship with the Lord and, and move forward. Who's, now, that doesn't mean that, that that person that we might hold a grudge against that we're going to be good buddies with them. But we can view them the way God views them, and we can approach them the way God would approach them. And if there's problems that, that make us kind of shy back, then, then uh, there's ways to deal with that. Chapter 5, it goes on, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten. That's kind of a strange way of saying, uh, if you know Christ as your Savior, uh, you're going to love others that have received Christ as their Savior, those that have been begotten of him. Verse 2, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. So these things are interchangeable. You know, our vertical love, our horizontal love, uh, you, you know, if you don't have the, hor the vertical love proper, the horizontal is not going to be right. If you have the horizontal right and it's not right with God, then it's difficult. You can't carry on the love that he wants us. And in verse 3, he says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. And uh, I can't stop there. I've got to go to verse 4. Whosoever is born of God... Is that you? Second birth. If you're saved and you know it, say amen. amen. All right. I'm preaching to the choir, right? Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. You see, faith and love, kind of one and the same, really. I mean, there are aspects, different aspects of our relationship with the Lord, but you love properly, you have victory. You trust the Lord properly, you have victory. This is the victory that overcometh the world, um, even our faith. So as we think of the success of love, no fear, that's kind of what we're talking about here, but uh, far more than that victory in Jesus and of course we're talking about a life that pleases the Lord um, for this is the love of God verse 3 that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous they're not for those who love the Lord we, we can understand the benefit of those and we can delight in trying to please the Lord and we're going to be quick to confess our sin when we fail um, so there's 
victory for us in Jesus. Um, we shouldn't be afraid of the things that this old world is hurtling after us. That Satan certainly is in control, and and I tell you what, he's he's uh, making a heyday out of things here in America. I say he's in control. He's in control of these folk uh, who have hatred and are operating out of hatred. But God's in sovereign control. God has allowed Satan to stir the pot, and it kind of has to do with the day that we live in, my friends. If we believe God's word and the prophetic word of God, uh, we realize that perilous times of the last days, uh, uh, they were warned of them. Paul warned Timothy of those perilous times, and they're right in the midst of us, and we need to be ready to take action. And, and a huge part of that action is to just consider uh, the spirit of power and of love that is ours. Father, we thank you so much for your word, and thank you for this opportunity to uh, dig into your word. I pray that you would help us, Father, to uh, live for you and be obedient to you and, and to love like you've loved us and, and to share the truths of your word and to just uh, move forward in this life uh, in a confident manner and in a powerful way, Father, understanding that we have all that we need for life and godliness. Blessed to that end, Father, in our midst as we close today, and we just commit it to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.